Welcome to the Wretched Hive Podcast. I got a bad feeling about this. Moss Eisley Spaceport. What are you talking about? You will never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. This is ridiculous. We must be cautious. Actually, we're just a bunch of guys talking about Star Wars and other stuff. I'm looking forward to having some real talk with some real folks. That's good news. I like the sound of that. Big, big announcements coming from Disney this week about the future of Star Wars. And you will get none of it tonight because we're recording the day before they announce it. But you're in the right place if you don't want to hear any relevant news because you have found the Wretched Hive podcast for... Friday, December 9th, 2020, episode 172 of the show. My name is Steve Baldwin, and the entire hive is back with a vengeance tonight after eating too much turkey and just gaining 10 pounds over Thanksgiving. Is this hive for December 9th or for Friday, December 11th? Oh, did I say the wrong date? Damn it. Not if you're a time traveler. We're We're recording on December 9th. Welcome to the Red Shine Podcast for Friday, <laughs> December 11th, 2020. Whatever. Still uh, welcome still in. Off right now. We're off to a great, <laughs> we're off to a big uh, start, as we always are. And uh, like- it's my pleasure to introduce, my God, let's just get into it. The re- <laughs> you want to say something else? What? We hit the ground running here at the Wretched Hive, folks. Thanks for joining us. I'll stop interrupting Steve now and let him get back to the thing. <laughs> The Wookiee co-pilot himself, the bearded majesty of wonder of Orange County, Greg Lent. Oh, Stevie, <laughs> be still my heart. I can just mm. not quit you, you little bastard, I tell you. <laughs> just the magic of Podshow, or podcast producing <laughs> that Pod five show. years. Is it just me, or does it sound like there's like a Cessna flying in the background? Yeah, it's, it's not just you, Hunter Thompson. There's a noise. <laughs> All right. I don't know who that is, but stop it. I don't know who it is either. Although this cat was purring a minute ago. Maybe it was the cat purring. <laughs> that's not maybe it. That's, I just, maybe that's what it was. There's like a constant shh happening. I don't know. Um, All right. Well, this is off to a roaring start, so let's keep going. Thanks, Greg, for that uh, <laughs> wonderful introduction. <laughs> Uh, also joining the show tonight, he is many things, but we know him as a lifelong Star Wars fan. <laughs> Even- Hi, Scott. Welcome to the show. Damn, damn. It's so good to be back. It's so good to be back with my Hyvian brothers. Uh, I feel like, guys, I did a little experimenting tonight with a, a mixed drink. I thought I might have a drink on the show. Uh, I feel a little bit like... Johnny Depp from From Hell. So there may be some absinthe. There may some, be some hallucinating tonight, but I'm all in. I'm ready. Let's go. Let's do this. All right. <laughs> Greg, I muted you. Just uh, you can unmute yourself when you have a second there. Uh, also on the show tonight, he is the captain of the Falcon. Nico freaking Rodriguez. Hey, hi. How are we all doing tonight? Doing good, buddy. Well, that's a big mug of uh, a wretched truck. hive. Yeah, baby. This is actually a uh, Stone Brewing's Woot Stout, and it's uh, one of my favorites. Gesundheit. Um, wretched Hive Juice. <laughs> wretched Hive Juice. It was actually it's, it's, brewed in part with Will Wheaton. Mm. Huh? He was uh, on the brewing team for this one, and he always is. He did a it's festival called Woot. 
Con or something like that. Isn't, isn't Adobe technically Wretched Hive Juice? It's, it's, it's got full chunks of Will Wheaton, so you know it's good. Kenobi <laughs> Adobe. And finally. Uh, pick a name. We have. Stick a zag nut in its sideburns. Uh, Dave! What are you, a, a cigarette girl? <laughs> no circumstances. Do you think this uh, Bob Dylan needs a good smack in the mouth? Should you ever. I met him and he called me prune juice. And I mean... Well, there you have it. The Ruskies have a monkey in outer space. <laughs> ever! I don't take orders from mannequins. <laughs> Call him. I know you're smooth down there. <laughs> it's just got interesting. <laughs> Harry! You son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, I need that last one. Potter. Don't direct me, you Tyrak. Oh. <laughs> Welcome to the show, you son of a bitch. Dave. <clears throat> you son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, God, I'm sweating. Try not to laugh. What's up, Dave? How are you, buddy? I'm just thinking about how people just always tune in for our high production values and our, our slick, well-rehearsed everything. That is... As always, Mr. Lent, I feel so welcome. I feel so loved. It is it is really the high point of my week to come in and see how that's always going to play out. Thank you, sir. You son of a and bitch. To, <laughs> you son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. Smack you right in the mouth like Bob Dylan. Anyway, to all the folks listening at home, good afternoon, good morning, good evening to you wherever, whenever, however you're listening, whether it's December 9th or December 11th, we don't care because we are five by five here on the show tonight. It's been a month since we were all together to talk about things that are Star Wars related, not necessarily Mandalorian. I'm holding my breath waiting for the next episode, but that one was so jam-packed. I think we are gonna I think we are gonna break format a little bit and go back and cover some of that a little bit, Steve, as part of tonight's offering. Is am I correct on that? Abs- absolutely. There's just not enough time, as Scott will point out constantly, for a half hour <laughs> yeah. show to cover everything we need to cover for these episodes of The Mandalorian, Dave. There's just not enough time. He can't even say what he wants to say in a half hour. No, and I'll be I'll I'll jump right in just to say that folks in the middle of a global pandemic, in the middle of a national coup, we are so happy that you choose to spend some time with us and and help take your mind off of just all of the troubles that may be out there. So leave your troubles outside. Hey, hey Greg, cue up that uh, you son of a bitch clip. I'm gonna play a clip. You and son then of you a play, bitch. You play that clip right after mine. Are you ready? Okay. All right, here we go. God, Nico. You son of a bitch. There he hey, is. wait a minute. You're talking about my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got one more. Got one more. Here we go. Get it ready. Here we go. Steve. You son of a bitch. There you go. Uh-huh. That's going to be very useful on the show. <laughs> and if you've ever provided anything very useful for the show, uh, give us a call and tell us what it was on the Wretched Hive hotline. That's 562 562- Four five five four four eight three. That's five six two four five five hive. That's H I V E. In case you can't spell hive, little fruity ass. <laughs> and you can, <laughs> you can also find us online at Facebook. Oh, Facebook. Uh, that's right. Facebook.com forward slash wretched. Oh, hi- I already said that. Wretched Hive Podcast. Can't just do that. I just did. You can also find us on Twitter at Wretched Hive Pod. And um, you can listen to all the shows for free. Special holiday discount. Streaming live. No. Free. Yep. No, uh, really? 
Steve, we're going to lose so much money on that. Wretchedhivepodcast.net. Yeah, somebody's been losing money on the show for years. Son of a... Damn it. Do it, 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 do it. That's right. Guys, I'm a big fan of commercial jingles. Oh, dear God. They... The, the the good ones really give me a give me a uh, just they give me what a do rise. They give, you, Steve? They, they give me a little bit of a rise. I gotta say, and uh, I I was listening to a commercial for antacid. Antacid, couple Speaking weeks of ago. Speaking of a bit of a rise, and, and, sorry, I'm just I'm, I'm listening to people turning the podcast off frantically and, at this um, point. And <laughs> I, I I said to I turned to my wife and I said, "Did you hear that jingle just now?" She said, "What?" I said, "Rewind it 30 seconds. You have to hear this commercial." So I've isolated a sound clip that I think is going to be very popular on the show moving forward. Um, listen to this. Can you imagine being a musician? Well, I'll play the jingle for you, and uh, here it is. When you have nausea, heartburn, indigestion, upset stomach, diarrhea, that <laughs> diarrhea. Imagine like you're a professional musician, you get a gig, you you get into the studio and they hand you the, the lyrics and that's what you're going to sing today to, to make some money. I, I just, <laughs> How many times did it take him to nail that take? That's all I want oh, to know. Oh, man. One, 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 that's, you know that's actually not feeling it. Can you do it one more time? So, sorry, Greg. I played that over you. What were you saying? Just not feeling it. Can you do it one more time? No, I'm, I ran out. Oh, oh, just... yeah, I mean, It's like the worst New Kids on the Block cameo ever. Like That person really needs to get their 150 bucks back. I, I just love how he owns it, though. The diarrhea. I mean, he is can we selling. Get that, can we get that separated from everything else so we just can the, just, just just the, the diarrhea? Di- yeah, I, I'll work on that. So yeah. every time Scott oh. opens his mouth, we can just play that. <laughs> wow. God, Nico. All right. Uh, guys, there is. <laughs> I'll take it. Oh my goodness! There is um, a little bit of news to cover. Let's let's talk about From it. From ABC News World Headquarters, this is ABC World News tonight. No, it's not. It's Star Wars news with the wretched hive. So be it. The Mandalorian season two. I think it's, it's fair best. to say is pretty darn good Star Wars. I think uh, if, if you if I were to pull the fan the Star Wars fan community, I'd say it gets probably a nine out of ten on average. Um, the Mandalorian season two kicking some serious ass, and uh, if you haven't checked it out, this year's show, the Wretched Hive podcast, uh, meets every Saturday morning. Uh, we meet at nine a.m. and then usually publish uh, our review of the previous day's episode, which airs Friday on Disney Plus. Uh, and we re- we uh, we give our first reaction analysis of every episode. So check out our feed on Saturday. Usually by noon, I have it uh, posted up in our feed. And there has been so much to discuss in these episodes. Much to the chagrin of Scott Ivansky, I have forced us to stick to half an hour. But uh, we agree. Much like the episodes can only be half an hour, our recap can also only be a half an hour. <laughs> That's right. So if if you like the Hive, but you don't like all the BS, you just want to hear Star Wars talk, just 
tune into those Saturday episodes. You'll, you'll, you know, those are trimmed down and, and very streamlined, but uh, I, I think throwing that disclaimer out like 30 minutes into tonight's broadcast, Steve might be missing the target audience there. <laughs> That's a great point. That's a great point. Um, the issue is there's just not enough time to cover it all. Cover it all. And by the way, Nico works very late on Friday and can't join us on Saturday morning. So we wanted to give a little extra bonus time to talk about the Mandalorian. We definitely want to get Nico's take, and we've got some other things to discuss with this show. So we'll uh, we'll start it off with Nico. Nico, uh, just start with a high level high level review. Um, which is how we start every Saturday show. Nico, what did you think of the last couple of episodes, The Jedi and The Tragedy? Um, Holy uh, fucking shit, Boba Fett. Yeah. Boba Fett and Ahsoka. Like, do you need to say anything else? Fuck the fact that Baby Yoda gets a name. Nobody cares about Baby Yoda getting a name. He's always going to be Baby Yoda forever. But Ahsoka Tano. I'm sure he cares about getting a name. He didn't care for a fucking season and a half, so... And then as soon as he starts dropping Grogu, you see how he reacts? He's like a little puppy. It's so cute. Bado? Yeah, he... Yeah. It's cute, sure. But fucking Boba Fett is a badass with a stick. <laughs> and... Uh, I don't know what else to say about it. It's just... it was a, It's an awesome thing to see... The same actor who played Django Fett, who's, I, you know, technically, genetically the same person. So it's really well done. Well done to the entire Mandalorian crew. Um, Dave Filoni um, putting it all together. John Favreau. All the, all the people who, who made these characters and these stories um, possible, you know, like, just good job. Yeah, let's not forget well Robert Rodriguez, who we discussed yeah. on the Saturday show, directing um, the tragedy. What did you think about him having a new director come in and, and put his stamp on, on Star Wars like that? Um, I mean, the episode was, it was different. I had a really different vibe from the rest of the episodes that have been out there, you know, Um the, the tragedy, that's the episode with Ahsoka, right? I'm not familiar with no. what the name uh, is. The, 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 Jedi. the Jedi is the is the Ahsoka episode. The tragedy is the uh, Boba Fett reveal episode. Oh, okay. Last one. Okay. Um, and what great is- episodes, both of them. But, um, yeah, the episode with Ahsoka, it had a totally different feel, I felt like, from all the other episodes. Um, the thing that I'm getting a little confused about is like the continuity of um, the titular Mandalorian characters understanding of who and what the Mandalorians and the Jedi's relationships are. Mm. You know, he's talking to one second about like, Oh, I have to get these back to the Jedi. I don't know what the Jedi are. And then like, he's a Mandalorian. Shouldn't he know? But I don't know. There's a, there's a little bit of like, inconsistencies i suppose with his understanding of the situation that's kind of confusing to me at some points but um um i don't know for the most part i'm uh, really enjoying all the stuff it's uh it's really fun well i i think may possibly and and i'll i'll ask others to weigh in on this too i i feel like the difference in the the episode the jedi which is um the ahsoka tano episode you know i i think guys was that the first episode that feloni directed this Correct. season i'm pretty sure feloni directed an episode in season one but i'm not i'm not 100 percent. 
I'll bet $25 on it, not $100. Yeah, I think he did as well. Um, but that this was the first episode in season two. Has. Okay. Yeah. And I, I also want to, you know, because of that, I think Filoni obviously um, feels such a, a tight bond with the character uh, Ahsoka that, you know, he really put a personal stamp on this episode that I have a feeling he's been directing in his head for five years. Um, and, and I think, uh, you know, contrasting that to the Robert Rodriguez episode, which is... Um, and Scott, I'll have you weigh in here as, as our, our resident um, movie buff of that that genre. Um, you really put a unique stamp on Star Wars that maybe we've never seen before with with the action from Boba Fett and the violence that we saw in that show, episode. Have we ever seen anything like that in Star Wars? I, I, you know, just off the top of my head, I I can't say we have. Uh, not to the level that Rodriguez pulled off in that episode. I mean, not only did it feel like a Rodriguez film, but just, I, first of all, his, okay, his movies are typically up and down for me. I, I do generally like uh, maybe his kind of like odd genres and stuff, the kind of weird stuff, the horror, uh, definitely the action one, El Mariachi uh, or the Mariachi trilogy. Um, but in general, he had a lot of nods to other directors in there. I, I'm pretty sure he had a really decent one to John Woo, which was uh, Ming Na's character Fennec is mm. running and turns around, jumping backwards. And usually it's two guns, but in this case, she has that giant rifle flying backwards through the air, just blowing people away, and then just does this tumble and gets up and runs. Fantastic. I mean, but no, I, I don't think we've seen something to that level. I mean, even with George pulled off in the prequels using all the digital tricks and all the stuff that he was, you know, green screen and everything. I don't think he, uh, God, what I mean, thinking about Mandalorians, that's episode two with Django Fett, even mm -hmm. that battle with Obi-Wan, which was probably one of the better moments in that movie. Doesn't even come close to this. Yeah. Greg, I wanted to get your take on this because, you know, we, we've, um, I mean, <clears throat> George Lucas is, has, I, I remember a quote from him saying that, you know, we, we don't, we won't see blood in Star Wars. Um, and, and indeed, I, I can only think of one scene where we maybe saw a little bit when uh, Obi-Wan takes out uh, Darth Maul and cuts him in half. You see that little, just barely a spray because George was making kids' movies. What do you, how does, how does this last episode with that, with the, uh, Boba Fett action is th is that a kids show anymore? I mean, it certainly didn't feel that way to me. Well, first of all, before Scott jumps in and calls this out, I will tell you that when Obi Wan cuts off Honda Baba's arm, there is blood dripping out of ah. his arm. Oh yeah, yeah. That's so right yeah. off the bat, he does show some blood. But yes, very very little blood, um, especially not spewing blood. And this was one of the more, and I'm using air quotes, violent episodes that we've seen in the Star Wars universe. But I'm going to hearken it back. And I think that all of these episodes, this season specifically, have referenced kind of something that has inspired other directors and whatnot. Mm. And I think this one is a nod back to not so long ago and, and Rogue One, because the scene where Donnie Yen first comes in and is fighting the stormtroopers in the alleyway, and you get a chance to see what Donnie Yen can do. Um, I, I got a real feeling of that vibe from it. So I don't think it's it's completely out of character. But it is it somewhat unique, and it doesn't happen very often, and it's saved for very special characters and very special occasions. So, 
Yeah, Greg, that's a that's great pull, man. Because yeah, that is a good pull. I one of the things when I saw Rogue One, uh, just a f- quick flashback to that was I actually the first time ever in any of the trilogies, any of the films, I actually felt a little sympathetic for the stormtroopers because whenever you see them, they're just fodder in every film and they just fall over. Um, but when you see that fight sequence, oh my god, I was there's a couple moments like. It just it's that knee jerk reaction of getting hit in the face and you see that almost like their neck snapping and falling over and flipping. You don't see that anywhere else in the trilogy to that extent. I mean, other than the joke thing when he's running through the doorway and he hits his head. But um, (laughs) But the shattered helmet, the shattered stormtrooper helmet. So that when you pulled that reference, Greg, yes, that moment where you. okay. first of all, another great thing about Rodriguez is. These tributes, or even his own, you know, unique style. Watching that low angle camera shot being followed up, like following the gaffy stick right up to the moment where he swings it, and it just shatters the hell out of that stormtrooper's uh, helmet. We don't see blood, but you see the the effects of what happened afterwards, the aftermath, just sitting there. It's like, good God, that thing, that clone is dead. That clone is gone. There's no way that he's coming back from that. So I just. It's it it was a so, little unnerving. So one thing that we we have talked about, not just in this episode, but in kind of all the episodes this season, how they're an homage or a love letter to a genre or a different movie. One of the things that we talked about is the moment where Boba Fett does the the trick shot where he shoots down the one ship into the other, and his response is, uh, I was aiming for the second ship, not that one. And we all think it's like a good laugh and a good like joke to like Boba Fett, you know, massive pussy from Return of the Jedi, not the yeah. good fighter. Uh, I found a theory online that said we that they think it's an homage to the Magnificent Seven act. Yeah. Because there is a bit in the Magnificent Seven where the sharpshooter takes a guy off a horse, and one of the other guys is like, "Oh my God, that is." the most amazed long distance just that's the most amazing shot i ever see and he's like no nah, that's the worst shot you ever saw i was aiming for the horse not the rider <laughs> right <laughs> right and, and they, they goes on to theorize that is the mandalorian putting together a magnificent seven to do a raid on moff gideon's ship which would be fantastic because I, as of right now we have what four people in this team so if he gets to that point it's not just a nod to the magnificent seven we know it's a nod to Akira Kurosawa. Yeah. Well, and if they get the guy that they're talking about, it'll be five, right? Because you have Mando, Boba, Ming-Na, Cara Dune. That's four. They're going to rescue a sharpshooter in the next right. episode. Clearly, that's five. Yep. So they just have to put another two together. So well, you've also got Bo-Katan and... Um, you get Bo-Katan and... Uh, essentially. And Bo- yeah. who's Bo's partner? Um, I know. You get Cobb Vance. two of them. You get oh, Cobb yeah. Vance. Cobb, yes. Well, yep. it's Cobb Cob Vance without start armor? watching. Because then Christine will start watching the show again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But Scott, let me ask you this, because you, you among all of us, have have a love or affinity for where I'm going with this question and this yes. theory that's floating around. So, what if they're unsuccessful in rescuing Grogu? They put their magnificent seven together. They're <clears> unsuccessful <throat> in rescuing Grogu, and the band's kind of breaking up, and Mandel's all depressed. And this, it kind of ends with an entry shot of a robed figure walking in and taking off the hood. And it's Sebastian Stan. And he says, I'm Luke Skywalker. Where's Grogu? And that's like the end of season two as a lead-in for season three. You just gave I, me chills. 
Yeah. I, take my money. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> Here's the funny thing. It's not a stretch uh, because there is a moment that does happen. Now, this is now after watching this episode five times. Um, there is a moment that's being talked about online on a lot of these different uh, fan sites when there is the first time uh, after you see Slave 1, you see Mando running down the hillside and there's an over-the-shoulder shot where you do see a figure standing next to the dome that Grogu is on. What? So Yeah, so go back and look. Um, again, a lot of people are going to be like, oh, that's just another rock, that's just this. If you look at the position, I, I think it's of, the helicopter from The Walking Dead. Season I think so. Seven could be, could be. Um, Nobody knows what you're referring to, Dave. We all stopped watching that show well before that period. <laughs> but it's how I know exactly. We're looking for Rick, man. <laughs> right, right. Um, but no, there, there is a shot that has been just poured over uh, on the interwebs here, talking about who made that appearance who's who's the silhouette or possibly the ghost or the figure that's standing up on the hillside after he's running down the hill he stays there up until the point or whatever whoever it is up until the point you see fennec say something about having a bead on grogu uh and then there is a moment where some other stuff happens and then it's gone so the theory is that there was a connection made and the big theory is that it's luke skywalker it could be anybody because if he's reaching out using his little, uh, you know, uh, seeing stone thing, you know, you you could have Ezra. You could have, um, oh, God, what's the other, the character from the game? Um, the guy from Fallen Jedi. I can't think of his Star name Killer. either, but Fallen Order. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. he's not Starkiller. Starkiller was from um, The Force Unleashed. Yeah. Oh, shoot. Yeah, and then again. Oh, I know what you're thinking about. Yeah, so... Um, but that's the thing. So you bringing this up, Dave, is fantastic because that would be the surprise I was not expecting. If Luke, I'm fine if Sebastian Stan takes up that role. I honestly am. If they want to do something with Luke and it's not going to be him and they want to do his projection thing, uh, that's great, too. I do think there is going to be a Luke connection somewhere in the series. I don't think it's going to be the end of this this season. I the think that is perfect for it. It's right in the timeline where Luke is very active doing Jedi stuff. Oh, yeah. He's, he's look, yeah, he's looking for – he's reconstituting old Jedi stuff. That's what he's yep. doing at this <clears throat> at this point in time. Yes. And I I found, you know, by accident, uh, someone put together a deep fake of Return of the Jedi footage but using Sebastian Stan's face. And it was freaking uncanny. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It really is. I've seen different versions, which are fantastic. All of them. Everyone I've seen so far. Um, but I still think that the big reveal is we're going to get Thrawn. We're going to get a cameo or even a, a just a, a, a mm -hmm. surprise pop-in. And Luke, I think this, this whole thing with him and searching out the galaxy or the universe is going to like bleed into Season 3. And that's going to become one of the main things. I also have this theory that... Since we're getting the Thrawn, we got the Thrawn throw out there, um, or, or shout out, that we might actually see something I'm, I'm predicting, I'm hoping, is that we see, if there are spinoff shows, a crossover basic event using all the shows as an heir to the Empire, a way of telling heir to the Empire. And they can do it because those events happen exactly at this moment. They would just have to take certain things out of it, and they could literally piece pieces of that story and Thrawn story together as we see season two and season three progress. They could, but 
if you bring Luke Skywalker in and yeah. say have season three be about Luke Skywalker and Mandalorian looking for Grogu yeah. with either Moff Gideon and or Thrawn. And by the way, a Mandalorian and a Jedi who would ever see it coming. Right. Right. You might have an opportunity to have Luke Skywalker meet Ahsoka Tano. Yeah. And how of a moment would that be to get to Ooh. see? That would oh, be amazing. God. The fangasm is just, you can hear it coming from. I think I gave Nico a little chill with that. Yeah. Theory. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. I just got a little chubby. Talking about Jedi that could potentially show up in this in this show. Um, associate Wretched Hive producer Mark Morita is a Jedi messaged me with his God. theory. He's Ooh. not getting paid enough. Seriously. No. <laughs> and uh, Mark Morita, uh, docent at Rancho Obi-Wan, messaged me. Uh, and he says, have you seen it yet? It was Saturday morning. And uh, I said, yeah, I've seen it a couple times. We're about to record. He says, well, let me lay down my theory for you. No. So I'm going to okay. read his text. Nice. I'm going to read his text. Here, here it is. Mark Morita says, it's hard for me to believe that Boba Fett and Fennec are so noble. I think they have ulterior motives. Possible. Next. Possible. On, on point. Yeah. Mando thinks these people are following some kind of creed that when you make a pact, you keep it. Right. So, so uh, Boba Fett is saying, look, we, we promised we would help you save the child. The child's gone. So Boba, so Mando is saying, Oh, they're going to, they're going to own up to their, he believes they will own up to their promise. Uh, Boba knows this is basically Mando's Achilles heel, his devotion to the code using Mando's blind allegiance to the code to his advantage. Boba is not trying to be a nice guy by helping Mando find the child. He believes... Okay, are you sitting down? Yeah. Prepare. You can, you can literally see all of us and see that we're sitting down. That's a good point. <laughs> well, he doesn't only see us from, Hold the, on, from wait, the wait, neck up. Wait, so. I'm standing. All right, I'm are standing. you sitting down, Nico? Nope, I'm standing. Oh, okay, I'm sitting down. Okay. All right, he believes... Mando believes that the child will call out to a Jedi and Boba is betting the Jedi who will answer the call is Luke Skywalker. Luke Skywalker. Mace Windu. Huh. Interesting. Oh, that's that's that. a theory. I've seen that. Because seen that. then Boba Fett can avenge his father's death. Little does he know Mace has been dead. Okay. So, well, there is a theory that Grogu was saved from the Jedi Temple by Mace Windu. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a thing. Which, which is, we all know is not what happened. It is very evident that Grogu survived because he hid in a pile of sand from Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> this course gets everywhere. Right. So I love that idea. And not only because I love the character Mace Windu, because I want to see some Sam Jackson back in Star Wars. How cool would it be? And he's been lobbying for this for a while. He's been dropping hints. How cool would it be for them to bring back Samuel Jackson as Mace Windu for the season finale? You know, that theory does make a lot of sense. Because Boba Fett has obviously been tracking the Mandalorian, Din Djarin, since last season. He was the... the 
figure that shows up at the end of the episode where Ming-Na appears to get killed, but is she is saved by a vet. <clears throat> and, and apparently and, turned into a robot of some kind. And, yeah. Or at mm-hmm. least she's got, you know, cybernetic parts like Luke's got a robot hand. She's got robot intestines or whatever. So it's guts. Fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Diarrhea. The fat. <laughs> that's the perfect drop. For when that. you have <laughs> nausea, heartburn, indigestion, Diarrhea. So, and then for him to show up here when he, all we've ever known him as a bad guy, and he's immediately helping the good guy and is now an anti hero, just completely kind of out of the blue. But right. we all fall for it because we're all desperate to see Boba Fett. Yeah. So that that theory has some serious legs on it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. I'm loving it. Yeah, yeah, and, and what a great way of playing him out. Not only does and it's not a clear cut. Hey, look, I'm a good guy. All of a sudden, he comes in and it's they're they're messing with our heads a little bit. They're yeah. fighting. They're shooting at each other at first, and next thing you know, he's like, I'm just here for the armor. That whole back and forth could be that distraction. Django's he, line: I'm a simple man. Yeah, that's right. Which was a lie. Like right. my father before me. Yeah. Uh, we also had some input from the uh, sixth member of the Wretched Hive podcast, Chris Evans. Captain America? In. Yeah. Wow, this, in there's Marvel stuff. stuff all over this episode. <laughs> um, I don't think it's the same Chris Evans, but we don't have to Lies. test. No, it is. Just Chris it Evans is. messages it me is. all the time. It is. Every day, almost. I got a text from Chris Evans. Um, he says, why on those few occasions when stormtroopers actually hit their target, did they only hit Beskar Steel? Only Apparently, that's what they use at the training academy, because that's the only thing they can hit. <laughs> so my, my response was, well, maybe Beskar actually attracts the laser bolts. There you go. See, right? Yeah. To keep them away from your, your partners that don't have Beskar Steel. That's right. So, did the Empire make the urinals on the Death Star out of Beskar steel <laughs> just to avoid having huge janitorial bills? Mm. <laughs> no, they actually say... made all of their floors and the urinal stalls out of Beskar so they could only hit. Yeah. No, wait, no, you're right. Yeah, because they can't. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm a lot of my Richard Hive juice. <laughs> and I was like, I'm a janitor. I know things yeah, about toilets. Hmm. So yeah, we've made a lot Steve? of jokes about the, the stormtroopers being able to hit the best guard steel armor. But in the show's defense, Mando never goes into cover. He's always completely 100% oh, on yeah, front no. street standing yeah. right. He's standing in yeah. front of every piece of cover he could find, possibly find. He, he literally does he's not gonna... know how He's gone out of his way to run into the line of fire. Like in the episode when he was with the other Mandalorians, he's like, cover me. And they're like, okay. And he runs down a hallway face first into nine stormtroopers with a machine laser gun. Yeah, just straight down the middle. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Uh, But at least in this episode, he could say that he was using himself as a shield for the other characters. The hallway episode is like, seriously, dude, even Queen Amidala in episode one knew to jump into the archways side to side. I mean, come on. (laughs) Now, Scott, uh, I wanted to bring something up with you because you you mentioned, I think, uh, either in maybe a pre-show or post-conversation that you felt like the makers of the Mandalorian retconned the Dura Steel um, 
situation with with uh, Boba Fett's armor. Do you want to do you want to go back and talk about that a little bit? What is is Mandalorian armor? It, sorry, is Boba Fett's armor Beskar steel or is it something else? Well, it's it's Beskar armor according to the show, right? Didn't it? Didn't they mention? that it's best car. So here's the funny thing is I think at some point when the, everything was switching to legends and then the newer stuff was coming out, there is a comic out there that does address the fact that he's Boba Fett's armor is Durasteel. It's mentioned. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, is I that mean, in if, legends or is that, is that, uh, no, that's, that is, that is recent stuff. That is oh. canon material. Um, okay. I will dig it up and I will send it your way, but it's just, you know, again, maybe that's just something out of all the things that they overlook or they just want to change. They just went with it. So, right. You know, I'm not terrified, like angry about it. I'm just like, wow, okay, that's interesting. I do. There's another thing, too. If you know from all the conversations and behind the scenes stuff and everything talking about Django's past and um, who Django Fett was and whether or not he was a true Mandalorian, we talked about this as well. Here's the moment where the you see the little code uh, encoded thing comes popping up the hologram, and he explains exactly who he was. We t- that whole thing was translated. We talked about it on Saturday um, that his you know Django was a foundling, and the foundling was trained by Jester uh, Jaster Mareel, right? Is that my pronouncing that right? Anyone? No, Close. no idea. Close. Close enough. Close so enough. so that's in. It's actually evidenced in. Um, Boba Fett's uh, codex that he he brings up and shows Mandalorian to prove that the armor belongs to him. Right, that name and is in the codex. The the planet, uh, what is it? Concord Dawn is mentioned in that codex. Um, yep. there's yep. a ton of stuff in that, and if you look at that, that's great. But there have been mentions even in Clone Wars. Um, I think it was was it pre Vizsla that mentions that they don't know who the hell Django was. He certainly wasn't a true Mandalorian. So mm. they're going back and they're saying, and, and this is something even Filoni had talked about with Lucas saying, you know, Lucas told him that, you know, Django was not a Mandalorian. And here's Filoni almost kind of saying, you know what, man, he is. And we're going to roll with it. We're going to go with this. Either that or we're getting, we're getting played. Like you're, t- you're talking about Mark uh, talking about his theory. Maybe this is just another thing to dupe or put uh, J- uh, Mando on the wrong path. Mm-hmm. To make him believe and feel trustworthy of Boba Fett, but I mean, if you, I don't know how if those things are some like DNA code or something, the little things that little holograms that pop up, but right, yeah. So I don't know, fascinating. All right. Yeah, yeah, we're sort of uh, in the middle of the Mandalorian really having a lot of influence on on reframing canon, and and you can call it retconning if you want, but. You know, redefining the way we look at, at a lot of the history here. Let's let's just say real quick that this doesn't pan out to anything but the absolute truth. Like this is Filoni's new truth, and I'm good with that. What I also like is the fact that they've been taking stuff that has clearly been hated by Lucas in the past, uh, holiday special, um, other things that have never been used in any of the film has never really been canon. Uh, the toy, the little troop transport. Oh yeah. Uh, um, all these things have been added in, and it's fantastic. It's That's pretty again. Cool. I think I think Greg and I kind of were on the same page about this. The fan service thing. This is how fan service is done right. You yeah. tell a story, you move 100%. the story forward, 
it's like, wow, you as a fan, like, I know that I had that as a toy or, hey, oh, my God, that's the thing that George Lucas wanted to burn every single copy. But they're not doing it to slap anybody in the face. They're doing it in a respectful way that actually makes sense to that story. You make so. them useful and you give them a purpose. You yeah. don't just throw them in there that's... just as a visual. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you you mentioned early in our conversation, Scott, about um, could could this all be woven together to lead to like an heir to the empire uh, sort of conclusion? Wouldn't how cool would it be? Is or would it even line up well if heir to the empire became canon? Yes. That we have Okay, that, that's a great point. And here's here's something I just I this is where I fangasm out here. I'm serious because hmm. we've got Thrawn already in canon based off of the two right. animated series. Yep. Now you have him in an actual live series mentioned, and you have Ahsoka Tano, who has a direct connection to him uh, through Rebels and the whole and, and Ezra. Uh, good God, why am I blanking out tonight, guys? I need coffee. Um, Ezra uh, Bridger. Bridger, thank you. Um, all of that stuff coming around, it just falls into this perfect timeline of we could play this story out. And knowing how Filoni and Favreau know how to tell good stories, rework stories, or even just pull bits and pieces into a, a, a storyline like this, mm. I have 100% faith that they could do it. I mean, it would be – think about that. You could end up having Mara Jade. You could have – uh, who's the other guy? Talon Card. You Talon could have, Card. yeah. Mm. Favorite characters right there. Some crazy good. You could actually see the the East. How, how do you pronounce them? The East Salamaris, Y Salamaris, mm -hmm. the, the mm. force, Yeah, the force repelling slug looking things yeah. that he hangs. Right. I would love to see any of that stuff. It doesn't have to be a direct telling of the story, but you could do that where you're telling the story over one series or multiple series and real and seriously those guys are the ones that had it up so yeah, no doubt yeah all right well more more to come on the mandalorian check out our saturday review show every saturday for the next well for the next couple of saturdays through the end of season two oh, yeah. and uh, go check go back and, and listen to the old ones they're quick listen you got about half hour 35 minutes and uh you can hear our gut initial reaction to each episode of the Mandalorian season two every Saturday come into hey, this feed. Hey Steve, can I ask something real quick before we move on to the next thing, just about yeah. the Mandalorian? I, this is for all you guys. I want to, I kind of want to know, I want to put this out there. Do you think we're going to see how Grogu escaped the temple? Do you think that story is going to be told? And if so, are we going to get some backstory? Um, and who do you think it is? Like, I, I'd like to hear some opinions. Just like a, like a Star Wars choices, but not quite. Like just guess and see who might be coming close to uh, like a Mace Windu or something like that. I'll get it out of the way first. I think, yes, I think that's a story that's told. I don't know that it's told this season. And I think it's going to be a new character that you can introduce and make a regular part of the show. I don't think you'd have much chance of getting Mace Windu to appear regularly um, or any of the other characters who appeared in uh revenge of the jedi outside of jimmy smith who is a whore and will act in anything at any time <laughs> so if will he come jimmy on the show as, let's as get him on the show organa who <laughs> may have survived the destruction of alderaan and just not told his daughter um uh, outside of that it's going to be somebody we've never met do you think do you think jimmy smith is do you think jimmy smith is coming back for uh dexter season eight <laughs> 
bring him. I'll play. I'll play. I, I'm. I think Yoda. I will predict Yoda actually saved the child, uh, and not because he wanted to save his own race, but just because it was convenient and he was available. And he somehow, through machinations that we will will learn, um, I think Yoda saved the child, saved Grogu. Hmm. Excellent. We will see who it is. Uh, it, it will not be an, an established Star Wars lore character. Hmm. Okay. It will be its own story. And the reason I say that is uh, because I think it's going to tie into who was Grogu with when he was liberated by Mando. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a big gray spot, too, is where has Grogu been since, you know, Revenge of the Sith? There's a good, like, 25, 30 years worth of time there where it's just kind of gray and we don't know what's been going on. Has Grogu been being held hostage? Has he been being protected? That's that's left unclear. We don't know if Mando liberated him from good guys or from bad guys or killed a bunch of good guys who are actually trying to shield him from the Empire. Mm-hmm. Mm. All right. From a certain point of view, they may have been the good guys. We don't know. From a, from a certain point of view. Nico, what say you? Who do you think rescued Grogu? Um, I think that it was somebody that we've not seen yet. Okay. All right. All right. So I'm the only one calling out a a, a a known Star Wars character. Scott, who do you think? What do you What do you think about uh, Grogu's? It was Carrie Russell. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Yeah. Oh, call back to Rise of Skywalker. That is. Yeah. <laughs> it's all Finally in full it, circle. You mean one of the most pointless characters, other than hey, my friend was a drug dealer one time. <laughs> that character. Don't want to sell me death sticks. <laughs> um, the thing. The thing that gets me is that we've never heard of this character before. Like, nobody's ever seen another Yoda-esque, you know, baby before. Yeah, I'll want to uh, have a conversation with you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Well, that was a pink, maybe, kind of Yoda (laughs) species, and we never got confirmation on that either. So, Yoda can speak to me all he wants. Yaddle's the other green one. Yaddle's yeah. the other green one. I, I don't think Yoda was on Dagobah hiding from the Sith. I think he was trying to escape child support. That's a, that's a I very... like that theory. I like that theory wow. a lot. Yeah. Uh, on Yoda. The, the, the pink looking one uh, is uh, that's even Pael. Um, that's a different Jedi, I think. That's who you're thinking of, Nico. Mm-hmm. Looks kind of like a Yoda thing, but more pinkish flesh color. Um, I'm I'm gonna say Yaddle. I am. I'm actually gonna go with the Yaddle theory. That would that's huge. Yeah. So Yaddle is the one that saved uh, Grogu from the I, Jedi Perch. That's your that's your stake. I am. Yeah. I I think we will get a, a backstory to it, and I think it's Yaddle. And one of the reasons why I'm gonna call out an existing character, although I like where you guys are saying it's a new character, which would lend itself to a new storyline and. And somebody we didn't see survive that Jedi purge or whatever. Um, but uh, I don't know. I, the character itself had a certain time frame already built in. So somewhere along the line, Yaddle does die. So it'd be interesting to see Yaddle with Grogu or at least some backstory to that up to the point on when she died. Hmm. And how that is probably the moment where she lost Grogu because of that death or somehow related to it. 
Greg just shared a picture in our thread, and it is uh, a horrible looking uh, Yoda <laughs> creature. Is that is that when Yoda was a puppet when they when they tried to use that's the Yaddle? Puppet? That's, that's Yaddle. Yaddle. Yeah, it's, yeah, and and Yaddle's a female of the species. Yeah, right? was right. on the Jedi Council. Yes. Yeah. In episode one, yeah. That looks like the baby from V, the final battle. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, guys, uh, tomorrow as we record the show, Disney is making some big announcements about the future of Star Wars and what is going to be made available on Disney+. Plus. We will not be able to talk about that because obviously it's happening in the future as we record in the past as we drop the show. But I just want to throw out some ideas and see what you think about this. There's an article that uh, Dave shared on our our, podcast. our top secret uh, show thread from inverse.com. Every star Wars show and movie that could be revealed at Disney's investor event. I have not smoked enough pot for that timeline that Steve laid out right there at the beginning. <laughs> what the uh, hell was that? All right. So we've got possibly a Taika Watiti star Wars film. You said titty. That they could announce. <laughs> Let right. it snow for four hundred dollars, Alex. <laughs> That's let it snow. Um, we've also That's got TT. Quite a few Star Wars uh, television productions happening right now. We've got the Cassian Andor series. We could learn more about that. Of course, the Obi Wan Kenobi series we've heard uh, is starting to film in the spring. Uh, lots of rumors about Boba Fett and Boba a Boba Fett spinoff. By the way, is it me or did Boba Fett put on a few pounds? Um, He's got a little Bo- bit Boba of Fett belly. is the only man who has hid out in a, hidden out in a desert for twenty years and gained weight. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! If he's if he survived the way we think he did, he's been chowing down on some serious uh, 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 crate dragon meat. That's all. Or sarlacc, yeah. Or sarlacc. He's yeah. uh, sacks. <laughs> Jabba the Fett is what he is. Jabba, Jabba uh, the Fett. um uh there's of course with the with the success of uh, episode five the jedi could there be an ahsoka tano spinoff um there's the bad batch which is um a group that was in um the clone wars animated show i know it's starting to remind me of the those heady salad days when they were announcing a Star Wars film every year and we were all just like, ooh, what character is going to get their own trilogy sequel, you know, sequence now? And I think there was a joke poster floating around of Aunt Beru, the trilogy, starring Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> and that, that's it's I, like they found some success with the television and they're suddenly just like, oh, it's everybody now. Who can get one? Power Droid, the series, coming soon. Gonk, well, Droid, yeah. Gonk. I would watch 30 minutes of Gonk. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm down with that. Being uh, turned upside down, getting his you, you know the run. sad thing, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> 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 the little legs just going like this. Well, there's, there's, of course, there's been this huge shift towards streaming, and of course, we can't uh, theaters at the moment as we record the show are not available to us. And Dave, I know you wanted to talk about Warner Brothers. We're going to veer off of Star Wars just a little bit, but. You know, Warner Brothers made this decision um, to release all of their movies, their 21, uh, 2021 releases in theaters and streaming at the same time. So, Dave, what do you have uh, in terms of an update for us on that? It, it It's just a thread that we've been talking about 
throughout the whole pandemic? What is the future of the entertainment industry going to look like writ large? And I, if the major studios go to this same day and date streaming model, I don't know how theaters are going to survive because I do think most people are going to be content to watch something in the privacy of their own home or even just have uh, once the vaccine starts percolating and by the end of 2021 and 2022 having viewing parties to see the, the blockbusters that we all used to go to theaters to see. Warner Brothers doing this is going to put a lot of pressure on Disney, and that is going to be an element that I'm going to look for in the coverage coming out of tomorrow's call. Is Disney going to move to same day and date for their big big tent pole things that they've been holding off on for 2021? Is Black Widow going to be available on Disney Plus the same day that they open it in theaters? Mm. That's a huge, huge question that is really honestly going to tip to me are movie theaters going to survive are there going to be massive movie theater houses five years from now because if disney takes the biggest franchise out there and moves it to on demand it's all going to be over it's just a question of when as far as i'm concerned could you see a situation where it's sort of like you know they brought back coke classic you know and uh by 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 popular demand could you see a situation where the theaters closed down for a little while and then, you know, two years later we're bringing films back and it's, it's, you know, there's a huge rush to get to the theaters and sort of the re rebirth of the theater industry. There, there might be, but it might be a little more of the, uh, you know, like the, the fathom classics that we had here in the LA area where you could go see a classic mm-hmm. movie. Or the ability to rent out a movie theater house so you can have a private screening with 20 or 30 of your closest friends to see a movie. All of those things are going to be possible because everything's gone digital. We've moved away from uh, from a film negative or a film physical film print in order to display the product up on the big screen. And yeah. I take no joy in talking about this. I love going to movies. Anybody who has known me knows that I... You know, I helped finance my college education by working part time in movie theaters through high school and college. It's in my blood and it kills me to think about this, but it's an evolution that is coming. And if other studios jump on the bandwagon that Warner Brothers has started, and I don't blame them for doing it, they made shit money off of uh, Chris Nolan's Tenet earlier this year, releasing it in theaters in the United States. I don't blame them for taking this tact with. Wonder Woman, and with the rest of their slate for 2021. But if other studios follow it, it is going to be a huge death knell for the movie theater process that we've all known and loved for the last 30 years. Right. And Scott, you're 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 potentially even a bigger movie theater honk than I am. Yeah. You, you, you really are. But I know you have the same love that I do for the big screen and the big theater house and being in the same room as 800 people and watching, watching a film. And that's been dying a slow, but steady death over the last 20 years as the it, multiplex has become the thing. It, it, you know, it has Dave. And, um, and I, I'm not going to take away your glory from you, but yeah, I'm, I'm in the same ballpark with you. I, I enjoy it. Um, you know, we live here in LA County. Um, most of the people that do listen to the show know that we're in Southern California here. Um, I make the trek out to Hollywood, which is, you know, on a good day, if I'm hitting no traffic, 20, 25 minutes, 30 minutes, maybe. And I do that because they're event theaters. They're famous theaters. People know around the world. Um, 
Grauman's Chinese has been around for what, almost a hundred years, close to a hundred years. Mm-hmm. And uh, they've renovated that thing, changed names, all sorts of stuff. But there were a, a good half dozen, maybe even a dozen theaters like that in LA that I really enjoy the hell out of going to. The, you know, we argued about people going to, uh, the reason why I don't like going is it's, it's kind of a clerk's reference. You know, I hate people. But I like gatherings. And honestly, my feeling about that is I do. If you go to a movie, it's like a concert. Um, You get this like just heard thing. Like you're there. Everybody else is there. And you're experiencing this great moment, a two-hour film. Um, God, seriously, some of the times I best remember are being Chinese or the Egyptian across the street. Or uh, what's the Disney one right there? Um, El, uh, El Capitan. El Capitan. And... You know, there's just this moment where you're all experiencing it. The people are cheering. You, you hear people crying, like just the sighs and the, the the terror all happening. It's the same thing at a concert, and you get that great feeling. I could go to a movie uh, theater or movie house around the corner, half the capacity. Sometimes it's a full weekend. There are a few places where it, it's insane crowds back before everything shut down, mm-hmm. and I don't get that same energy. I don't get that same vibe. I I am going to have a hard time going back to movie theaters, one, because of my maybe trust issues on people in general, um, people taking the vaccine, people trying to be healthier, trying to do the right thing. Clearly, that hasn't happened. And I'm not trying to get political on anybody, but we have a problem with that here in the United States. And so that is going to lead me to not be in a movie theater for, for at least another year if they survive. Yeah. That makes me very sad because... One thing is I even liked whenever we tried to all get together and go see a movie or do some sort of event thing, even even a show. I've been to many shows with you guys. And knowing that that's not going to happen the same way, at least for another year, is sad. So I honestly, if you can start getting this, like if if Warner is doing that, Warner Brothers is doing this uh, joint thing with HBO Max, this day and date thing, I'd love to see Disney Plus doing it. I love Disney Plus where you can actually do these group things, which I know we've been talking about, doing um, uh, like a commentary track for the the films, mm-hmm. something we've been kind of teasing about for a while. I think it's something we should do with these, uh, what, what are they called, group viewing parties or something oh, like yeah. that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like those ideas. I think it's something that can like keep us going for a while. If movie theaters, like Dave says, are going to, uh, you know, the evolution is... You know the signs are clear; they're going away. Let me let me pose a question: What what is to prevent Disney from opening up their own theater chain in a year after COVID and going, "Hey, instead of Regal or AMC, it's Disney, and you're going to see Disney movies in a Disney theater." Federal nobody's going to do it. Yeah, and federal antitrust laws probably. I'm not sure the feds would allow them to own a, a chain. I, I mean, they own individual theaters here and there, which doesn't yeah. really impact the the movie theater market as a whole. But I'm not sure that the feds would allow, in the United States anyway, uh, a company to own the the production, distribution, and display process for the whole product. It's it's mm-hmm. becoming too it becomes too monopolistic at that point. So there's no way Disney is going to, like, say, buy AMC, which they could buy North America if they wanted to, right? So we're just going to buy AMC, rebrand it, 
use all those theaters and you're only going to if you want to go see a Disney movie, you've got to go to our theater. Yeah, I, I well, one, I don't think the value for buying Regal or AMC would be would be justifiable for Disney to their shareholders at this point. But right. buying individual theaters mm. to have like, hey, the Dis- you know, like the El Capitan in Hollywood. You know, yeah. services the LA area and maybe having a Disney theater in New York and a Disney theater in Chicago mm-hmm. that I could see. But buying a chain wholesale. No, okay. I think what's uh, uh, to take your your premise, but twist it. I think it's more interesting to say. So who are the lesser studios that don't have a digital platform to themselves right now? Because eight, Warner Brothers has HBO Max. Mm-hmm. Uh, Universal has Peacock. Disney has Disney Plus, of course. And uh, Paramount has uh CBS, whatever they're rebranding it as going forward. So those four are very well positioned for what's coming in 2021. But you have the smaller places like MGM UA that has the James Bond franchise and nothing else. There are very persistent rumors that they keep shopping the rights to No Time to Die to anybody who will pay a half a billion dollars for it. Yeah. Which doesn't seem ridiculous. Yeah. And I'm honestly kind of surprised Apple hasn't jumped on that because dropping dropping a James Bond movie on Apple TV plus would be a boon to them. And they certainly have the money to buy that. And they've been in the conversation for sure. Oh, yeah. I I got a question for you for that, because out of all the ones you just mentioned there, Disney owns Disney plus, but Disney technically owns Hulu as well. So they contract out to other companies like NBC and C. Well, CBS on that one. CBS is was not one of the partners for Hulu. CBS Fox. early went its own way with CBS Plus. Right. Uh, Paramount was always its own kind of separate independent thing. There was a big uh, shareholder battle recently, and the companies have merged back together. So CBS Plus is becoming the mm-hmm. home for the Paramount library. Okay. So my question is, if if Disney owns because their their uh, buyout of Fox twenty first century fox basically gave them the majority share of hulu and i think there were some other things that went on with that they could essentially have a platform to present or work or negotiate with somebody like an mgm or another company uh like you're saying they could just sell off the rights to the the movie but what about the entire franchise what about all the other properties they have where could that end up going to like a netflix or something or a Netflix or an Apple or a Sony, if Sony's looking to make some kind of a play to expand itself. But yeah. there's also persistent rumors that Sony's looking to get out of the film production business. I mean, it, oh. the entertainment industry as we know it, I think, is going to go through a period of very tremendous change simply because the reality is just because a vaccine is is here and there is a light at the end of the tunnel – we don't know how long that tunnel's going to be to get back to, you know, January 2020 lifestyle. I personally don't think it's going to happen, at least in the United States, until sometime in 2022 at the earliest. Yeah. So this brings yeah. me to the next blockbuster that I'm super excited about, and that is all the buzz we've seen about Spider-Man 3. And uh, and so is this a Marvel production, by the way? Is this a Disney production? No, no, it's a Sony. No. Sorry, Greg. Your sorry, Greg. Your show. Yeah. Uh, no. Well, no, it's not a Marvel production per se. It is still being produced by Sony. Okay. But it is um, being co-produced by Marvel, so it's in the. It still fits inside the Marvel. 
family of shows and everything like that. So it's kind of its own little bastard thing there. Um, and that's due to the agreement between Marvel and with Sony to get all of the Marvel Studios characters in the Sony-owned property that is Spider-Man 3. So you talked earlier that the uh, the uh, all the announcements of the Star Wars movies would be uh, currently yesterday, as you're listening to the show. <laughs> also, at that same... This this timeline is starting to feel like a Christopher Nolan movie, actually. Now that I think about it, <laughs> this is really, like this is like really fucking really Memento is. right here. It's <laughs> it's a, it's a podcast within a podcast within a podcast wrapped oh within God. an enigma. <laughs> Sorry, exactly. Right. So, uh, uh, along with the with the Star Wars announcements, there are also supposed to be some announcements about a potential what the schedule is going to be for Marvel phases four and five now because we were supposed to be well into uh phase four right now starting with black widow that was to come out in may and it's obviously been may have may have this year like seven months ago may of 2020 and it's been delayed a full year at this point scheduled to come out may of 2021 so and we we should have had eternals a month ago like eternals should still be in theaters right now yeah exactly exactly and falcon and the winter soldier should have aired on disney plus we are a full year behind. So what is happening now is phase four is officially going to kick off with WandaVision in January. We're finally going to get it's been a full year since we've had any new Marvel product come out. And in January, we're finally going to get the beginning of that with the with the WandaVision show that's going to be airing on Disney Plus. So that is uh, going to lead us to Black Widow, which will take us to Shang-Chi which will take us to the Eternals finally. And then we get to Spider-Man, which is not, I, I don't think it's technically officially part of phase four. It may be it phase five. No, it's, it's phase four. It's phase four. It, it so, is smack in the middle of phase four. Okay. It, in the, in the past two Spider-Man Sony produced movies, the first one you had uh, Robert Downey Jr. Tony Stark. The second one you had Sam Jackson, uh, even though he was then, Ben Mendelsohn, the the scroll uh, shapeshifter is what he was, but you had Sam Jackson as as, as uh, Nick Fury, and in this next one we are they have confirmed that you're going to have Benedict Cumberbatch, Doctor Strange, which again is leading to, into his movie, which is part of the Phase Five, which in the Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, and what that has led to, which I find completely so intriguing is the casting announcements. And mm. I think at this point, it's confirmed we have Jamie Foxx, who was the character Electro from the Andrew Garfield, Amazing Spider-Man. And shit movie. Shit movie, but still very interesting. More interesting. But, but better than Fantastic Four. Let me be clear. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. More interesting, they announced uh, on today as we record the ninth, uh, that Alfred Molina, who played Dr. Octopus in Sp- the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man 2. One of, one of the best Marvel movies put out by any studio, any creative group. Just fantastic bit of work. Absolutely. The, probably in, in well, I was going to say the top, but maybe not the top, but definitely the top two or three Spider-Man movies of all time is that Spider-Man 2 with uh, Tobey Maguire and, and Alfred Molina's Dr. Octopus. Uh, so now we have a Tobey Maguire character 
We have an Andrew Garfield character in the Tom Holland Spider-Man movie. The rumor is going out there right now. And this is what really is blowing my mind. Is, is, and I'm looking, I'm reading this off of the Collider website, which is kind of a, 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 a newsy kind of rumor website. It's, it's a little sketchy. Borrows other people's news and, and echoes it's, it around the internet. It's, it's above MovieWeb. It's above it MovieWeb. It's, it's, it's above comic book resources and it's above MovieWeb. But not by much. So the rumored cast is right now. So we've got Jamie Foxx. We've got Andrew Alfred Molina. Now we're talking Andrew Garfield himself as Spider-Man. We're talking Tobey Maguire himself as Spider-Man. We're talking Kirsten Dunst as Mary Jane. We're talking Emma Stone in her Gwen Stacy role, but Emma Stone is currently pregnant, so that might put a, put a monkey in, in, in that room. And, and technically she's dead. <laughs> she died, but she died. It's it, if we're bringing in Doctor Strange and his movies leading into the multiverse, we're going full multiverse, guys. That's oh, yeah. it was been shown so, in the cartoon, the Into the Multiverse cartoon, that people will buy this story. So, it's a great movie, by the way. Great. So here's here's a casting so, rumor you here's a casting rumor you don't have, Greg. Can I can I give you breaking news that I yeah. saw this evening? Yaddle. No, <laughs> I, I'm just going to drop the actor name. The rumor is that Charlie Cox has joined the cast of Spider-Man 3. From the Netflix Daredevil show. I did see that and I forgot it. I forgot to add it to my list here because this list is growing by the fucking day at this point. Okay, this, which, it, which is significant because Disney allegedly just got the rights back to Daredevil on November 30th. Okay, this that's the bomb right there. Holy shit. I did not know about that one. If that's yeah. true, it's just a rumor. It's just a rumor. I want to be clear about that. Okay. Daredevil all series is characters so and good. making one, you know, it's not one universe. It's not all a shared universe, but it's they're all connected. If if done right, and it's the same guy doing this movie who did the first two, who I did, who I think did a fucking great job on the first two Spider-Man movies. I think oh, yeah. both Homecoming and Far From Home are really, really strong, strong Spider-Man movies. And yeah. Tom Holland is great in this role. He plays exactly <clears throat> the Spider-Man, He's the kid Spider-Man. Genius. Genius casting. Yeah. So, so Greg and Dave. Oh, D- uh, Greg. I'm sorry. I'm interrupting you. Are you? Uh, no. Okay. I, I need to pull your guys' brains right now. Like really tug on these things. So here we go. Um, it's not usually my brains, ow. but I, that I get that offer on. But okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. I, that's where I was going with it. Um, Did you pay extra for the happy ending to pull off my brain? All the time. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> uh, no. But seriously, uh, let's get back into that. Um, do we know a release date for Venom? Venom uh, 2? I'm sorry, Venom 2. Uh, not Venom, um, Morbius. The Morbius Living Vampire. Is, I think in May of, the, of next year. Okay. So here is, after everything Greg just, like, literally dumped on us, this is crazy. And then with that Charlie Cox uh, announcement or rumor going rumor. around here. The trailer for Morbius has one of the biggest hints prior to all these announcements. There is a shot in the Morbius trailer as he's walking by. Not only do we see a callback to Michael Keaton's character in the actual trailer, he walks by a poster that has the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man as a wanted or murderer is spray-painted across that picture. And that went crazy like i remember that happening i'm like somebody just did that maybe it was a, a mess up maybe something bigger is happening but i when that started coming out and then you start talking about this stuff 
this is huge. This is the the Spider Verse or the Multiverse is going to be fantastic. Well, I think the problem with that is the agreement with Sony is only related to the Spider-Man movies at this point. And and the Morbius movie is scheduled to come out currently in March. March. So March. Okay. What type of release uh we don't know, but it is scheduled for March and I don't know and yes, they did have um, the cameo of Michael Keaton in jail in in the Morbius oh. trailer that was out there. Right. Uh, but I don't know that you're going to be able to pull any of the other MCU characters because I don't think the I don't think the agreement went that far. Right, but the connections there. Just seeing the fact that you have I, I know it's it's still within the Spider-Man universe or the Spider-Verse. Um, I think it's fantastic that we're seeing these other characters from these other films and making them all, let's call it canon, for the the Marvel Cinematic Universe. If Sony agrees to all this, if this is where it's going, yeah. Just to jump in on what you're doing, Scott, I I, I like what they're doing with it a lot because I think what it does is open doors. Yeah. Because clearly, Disney and Sony cannot always get along. There's a golden goose... They proved that they could nearly kill the Golden Goose yeah, prior to Tom the, the Spider-Man 3. Allegedly took ha- Tom Holland begging to allow a, the a, a, a to drunken, continue. tearful phone call like a 16-year-old girl would, would give to the guy who just dumped her. It, that That's what it took to make this happen. But if they do this multiverse thing <laughs> wow. right, yeah, like Sony can, has all this stuff that they can play with and bring together to one story, and it cross-links with Marvel, and now depending on how Marvel and Sony do things going forward, they don't have to worry about lining things up that much anymore because now they've established that there's a multiverse and sometimes everything comes together and works and other times it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And, right. and, and Greg, I, in your lead up, I think WandaVision is actually going to lead into this whole concept as well, just with some of the yeah. things that are going on yeah. there. And there is a hot rumor that Benedict Cumberbatch will be appearing in WandaVision at some point. And because Wanda is supposed to be a big part of the Doctor Strange movie also. Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, I, I think this is where you start to be see where you start to see the beginnings of the multiverse. And if you get into like what the comic book version of Wanda's powers are, she might be the origination of the multiverse. And do we need yeah. to do we need to take a step back? Because it occurs to me that many of our viewers are Star Wars fans as opposed to Marvel fans. Do we need to take a step back and just explain the idea of a multiverse? What what I, that is? I, I think we do. I think we do. So J- jump in. Do you want to take a stab? I, it. it it's your segment, and I'm talking too much in it, and I'm very conscientious <laughs> about that. It's it's our show, guys. How so do you really think? How happen. do you think Scott feels daily? <laughs> wow. So the multi, multiverse is the idea that there are different parallel universes, all kind of overlaid on each other with with variations that can cross over sometimes. So there there is an alternate universe out there where Hillary Clinton won the 2016 election. There's an alternate universe out there where Al Gore won the, you know, 2000 presidential election. And there is an alternate universe where Tobey Maguire continued to be Spider-Man and have adventures beyond that third shitty Spider-Man movie that nobody liked. I'll put it, I'll put it another, I'll put it another way. We spend two hours talking every two weeks about a movie from 1977 in another universe. This actually happened. (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's not it's not an actual movie it's a real thing 
So what if we, in our 50-year-old man-child bodies, could travel into that universe and, and live in a Star Wars playground, so to speak? Oh, I'd totally do it. Wow. <laughs> totally oh, do it. There. But, that, but that's the concept of, of a multiverse, yeah. is the idea to move between these various parallel universes and have these different characters interact. And if you haven't seen the animated Spider-Man movie into the multiverse, you know, into the Spider-Verse, just go see it. It will bring you some joy in your home isolation, pandemic, fear, life. It really is one of the best Marvel movies that that has been done and it has nothing to do with anything that we normally talk about on this show. It's just an absolutely brilliant bit of cinema. Yeah. Agreed. You know, I've I've got another window into an alternate universe right here. It's the Star Wars tweet of the week. Yeah! Really? Curious. Because everybody knows that Twitter is a source of endless positivity. You're gravely mistaken. Come to your senses! Well, uh, there are a few Twitter accounts that are kind of funny. Sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) You son of a bitch. Mark Hamill, guys. I've been I've been leaning on Mark for National uh, Treasure Mark Hamill. Two and a half years now with this segment. Um Mark Hamill on uh the ninth, twelve nine. Uh Duncan, Duncan, which is a Duncan underscore air underscore on underscore air uh, at Twitter. Let me try that again. Duncan at Duncan underscore on underscore air tweeted. I'm ready for Space Force, ready as Luke Skywalker was to hop into an X-Wing with no training whatsoever, but somehow still flew it through the trenches and blew up the Death Star. And uh, Mark Hamill replied, which is, I think it's a thing. You just Everyone that gets Mark Hamill to reply to their tweet is, you know, like, hero. Mark Hamill replies, what do you mean no training whatsoever? I used a, I used to bullseye wop rants on my T-60 back home. Well done, Mark. The other one I wanted to point out, with this is so cool, totally un- not Star Wars related, but from Thrillist, at Thrillist on Twitter, just this morning as we record the show, the Northern Lights will be visible over U.S. over the U.S. tonight, literally like tonight as we record, and it, it is as uh, far south as Oregon and New Jersey are able to see some of the Northern Lights. How cool is that? Wow. That's still nowhere fucking near the rest of us. So that's yeah, awesome. If, if I was only 2,000 miles to the north. Yeah, that's very true. And, yeah. By the way, that that comment that anybody can jump in a ship in Star Wars and fly, that is totally true. And I contrast that with the fact that I spent 20 minutes trying to figure out how to turn on the headlights in a rental car once. <laughs> you know, I probably spent just as equally as much time in the car that I drive daily at work how to use the fucking windshield wiper. So. <laughs> All right, true story. I, I bought a new car uh, two years ago now. Well, used, but new to me. Penny. And I, I was driving it home. Yes, Penny. Penny is my car. Money, Penny. You can tell him it's a Porsche Boxster and not feel embarrassed that it's a girl car, Steve. Uh, and um, <laughs> I pulled up to the gas station and I couldn't figure out where to put the fucking gas in the car. It took me five minutes to find where to put the gas it's on and the now, hood it's a porsche come and on now i Steve. just now i just dream about yeah. ah. so um, i want to just add 
Uh, episode do it, one, do it, do it. 172 of the Wretched Hive podcast is in the books. Uh, that was a fun show, guys. Lots happening in the Star Wars universe, although there's no movies. There's no yeah. movies, but there's a lot of stuff happening. You know what? But there's a lot of TV shows, and if they're all like The Mandalorian, I am okay with that. Yeah. Perfectly okay with it. Star Wars TV is so good, Greg liked the last four episodes of The Clone Wars. So keep it up, guys. Yes. Keep it up. That's true. And we will look back and have that conversation about Mandalorian genre styles and creator styles versus uh, Star Wars movie creator styles. We will look back and have that conversation. All All right. Guys, this episode is done. Any final thoughts from the crew? I like, learned this weekend that Greg has a really, really weird crush on Sheev's Palpatine. Oh, like, Emperor yes. Palpatine is on his list. He's on the list. Along with Dave Grohl. Have we talked about how Sheev's Palpatine is the main character of the entire nine episodes of Star Wars by canon movies? Because he, he is. The C-3PO is not on Greg's list. Important distinction. He is not. For another show, then. Guys, you've never seen the two of them in the room. Maybe Sheaves is 3PO. Have a great week. May the force be with us all. Did we hit the end? I can't even hear the music. Yeah, I can't hear the music. That was kind of low. I'm not sure what happened there. I'll fix it post. <laughs>